It don't matter what I try I just can't win and I don't know why There's a fork in every road I pick the wrong one and then I go American loser, yes I am Disenfranchised from everything well, I fall up and I fall down An American loser the day I was born Hello, welcome back to another episode of American Loser. This is a special edition one, guys. We're putting out two in one week. We're getting fucking prolific over here. Uh, <laughs> we're back at a shared universe studio down in Edentown, New Jersey. Mike and Ming taking great care of us, as always. Behind the ones and twos, our boy, the best sound engineer in New Jersey, um, possibly the world, but right now all I know is New Jersey. So, uh, Big Kahuna, how you feeling today, brother? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm not bad. I'm happy to uh, happy to have you here for this episode. We got some good guests tonight, brother. We really I can do. See, you got some good people here. We do. We have a uh, returning uh, to the show from the Richard Hauptman episode, the guy who uh, was convicted for the the murder of the Lindbergh baby. Comedian Joe Fernandez rejoins us. Thanks for having me back, buddy. No, I'm glad to have you. Your episode was very well received. Also, the meanest girl in New Jersey. My sister's here. She's a bully. She's aggressive. No one trusts her. <laughs> yeah, no. Not a good choice. No, Carrie, welcome back here on this one. Thank you. And a uh, very excited first-time guest. Uh, one of my favorite comics. Super fucking funny dude. Uh, great comic. Everybody should check him out. My friend Gordon Baker Bone. Hey, this week. hey, everybody. Why is she super mean? Why is she the world's worst sister? <laughs> oh, you'll crazy. see. You'll okay. see. You know minutes. nothing, Gordon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's, uh, she's a good chick, man, but... Uh, my father normally hosts the, the show with my father here. He's going to be back uh, next week. Uh, so I'm picking him up Thursday night. He was been down in South Beach for the last couple of months. We haven't mm-hmm. had him on the show. Yeah, so. What's he doing down there? Uh, well, we, they, got a, they inherited a place uh, from... Uh, in South Beach? He's close. doing retirement. A, That's what he's doing. Okay. It's very funny, though, because he won't admit it's retirement. Because he's like, oh, we're going down and I'm working on the condo. So it's like, he's a, you know, he's a carpenter, so he's always fixing <laughs> shit. And then it's just kind of turning into that. So I, like, I want to be that low. I want to get that old. I'm just, I refuse to retire. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. like on paper, you're retired, but you're just like, I refuse to do yeah, that. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm just saying... That's half the battle with that one, man. But uh, he's going to be back next week, so um, we'll, we'll do that one here. But we wanted to get this episode out, man. It's uh, it's Black History Month. Uh, Gordon, right it is. you got a cool show you're doing. It. Is it at the Creek? Yeah, I did a show at the Creek. Uh, drunk Black History. Uh, <laughs> How'd that go? It went uh, amazing. It went better than I expected. I just I just decided to do Drunk History, but only focus on Black History and do obscure people. Not obscure, but people that you don't really know about. They got that, skipped over. They got skipped over all the time. Like, I think that they should be in history books, and no one talks about it. Like, we talked about um, Lonnie Johnson. Uh, for those that don't know, Lonnie Johnson is the inventor of the Super Soaker. No shit. Yeah. The, That's- <laughs> the Super Soaker was invented by a dude uh, from Mobile, Alabama, and he was one of the first black men to work for NASA. And he invented one of the biggest toys of the 90s and 2000s, and no one knows who this dude is. Now, is it true? Because I'd heard a rumor that in the creation of the Super Soaker was that uh, Lonnie was sitting there and he was watching someone do the skeet-skeet motion. <laughs> and he said, how do we sell this to the kids? So, <laughs> no, that's cool. The Lonnie story is interesting. Man. Anybody else you guys are covering on that show? Oh, we covered uh, Lonnie Johnson. We covered Tia Norfleet, the first uh, black woman to have a uh, drag racing license and also NASCAR license. No shit. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's wild down there, man, because it's uh, the whole NASCAR history is terrifying, too. Oh, when yeah. When a sport is born out of defying the federal government oh, for yeah. prohibition. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we, we, did, we did a lot of NASCAR. We went NASCAR heavy uh, this time. We did Tia Norfleet, and we also did Wendell Scott. Wendell Scott. That uh, name I remember, yeah. Wendell Scott is the first black. Uh, Richard Pryor, Pryor played him in a movie, right? There you go, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah he uh, was the first uh, black <laughs> NASCAR driver, which was so messed up. He won a couple races. But, like, the prize would be, like, not only did you win the money, but you get to kiss, like, the local beauty pageant. Right. Oh, so he would cross the finish line. They'd just be like, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? What do, what do, what do? So they would have to wait till someone else won. No. Oh, man. Jesus. Yeah, one of the things I saw with his story was that they wouldn't even, like, he would cross the finish line first, but they wouldn't even wave the flag. They won't wave the flag. So, like, they would have oh, the man. second driver, the second place winner, then they'd wave the flag he, oh, he, he lapped two guys and they had to wait for those dudes to go around and they were like all right now that's insane well it was um uh uh de stefano I, I did him and Giannis's podcast a while but yeah. an awesome podcast called history hyenas yeah and um one of the episodes they just recently did was jack johnson oh so, which is hilarious because um there were people that were dodging him forever. Yes. And he was running out of people to fight. He was the first uh, black heavyweight champion in the yeah, world. Yes. And just a bad, like, it was actually, it was comical because he went up against one of the guys. The guy waited way too long, so he fought him later in his career. Yep. But it was, like, embarrassing. Like, he's literally shit-talking him as he's being. He's like, come on, man, can we make this a little competitive here? He was just that good of a boxer. <laughs> they actually banned Jack Johnson's uh, video of him. They Like, first, when he fought and became the heavyweight champion of the world, he had to fight in Australia because America would not license Right. Uh, a black man fighting a white guy because they didn't want that on camera. And then they, was like, they were like, once they taped it, it was like it had to be in Australia. So he had to travel across the world, fight this dude. And then when he won, they were like, that video's banned from America. <laughs> <laughs> they shut it off halfway through one of the fights yeah. too, I think. But we did another episode earlier on the history the of boxing that was, uh, it was where cause all the, the killer fighters was uh, to go back to that old Chris Rock bit. It's that... Um, uh, what was it? Uh, Irish, uh, 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 blacks, yep. and Mexicans. It, however shitty you have it in this country, you you get out of your system yep. via boxing. <laughs> so. That's why UFC was getting like UFC was getting real big because that's why the Brazilians and the Spanish people and the blacks. Oh yeah, and then like just crazy Russian dudes. Yep. and friggin' uh, uh, what's it? Trinidad has a really great fucking oh, uh, history dude. of fighting too. Yeah, but, it's uh, coming up. It's coming. It's going to be a big. Uh, <laughs> fighting revolution i guess i don't even know what it is but it's it's dope but like the show focused on like stuff like that and like is it still going on people can go see it because we're gonna do it again uh we thought it was just gonna be a one-off thing just something we did for black history month but we got such a great response and people wrote articles about it they made it into new york times uh as top five shows to see in, nice. uh, in new york wow. oh wow um and it where'd you guys do it out of we did it at the the creek in the cave in long island city it was a it was a big turnout that I didn't anticipate, and it like it just blew my mind that people would would be interested in that. I didn't know whether it was the drunkness or just the history part, <laughs> but maybe you, a combination of yeah, both. Yeah, I think it is the combination <laughs> of both, and they all just, like people came out. In Why the do words. you think this podcast works so well? Yeah, that's <laughs> um, Mostly well, black people in the crowd. Or? Yeah, uh, no, actually, very mixed. It was um, it was more white people than I expected. Black, Spanish. And uh, 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 yeah, decent. Like we actually had a black uh, group from um, I don't know I don't know their name, but they all came out. They heard about it and they just decided to come out and they came out in in numbers to come support us. And it was like it's a cool concept for a show too. Dude, that's why it, I'm glad you're plugging it, dude. I I, I 
I do Black History pieces all the time because, like, I I get tired of uh, how people celebrate Black History Month, which is <laughs> the hacks. Yeah, they, they, everyone everyone talks about Dr. King. If they're edgy, they talk about uh, Booker T. Washington and uh, Malcolm X, or like uh, <laughs> what's his name, <laughs> George Washington Carver. And they don't tell the full story because, like, George Washington Carver, they know him as the peanut guy because he made things with peanuts, but right. like. He actually was born a slave, and his uh, and he was stolen from a plantation. That's what they say. He was stolen from a plantation. Right. That's a common theme too. Yeah. A lot of that shit. So, <laughs> come to find out, the 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 guy, the white guy that stole him from a plantation was actually his father, and he wasn't even looking for him. He was looking for his mother because she was a slave, and he owned his mother, uh, and shit. she got ta- she was sold, and he went around the south looking for this woman, and then found out, oh, I had a kid with her. And was like, fine, I'll take the kid. And he took him and raised him. <laughs> what the hell? Wow. It is uh, just a because we're going to get into we have two really cool stories I pulled today okay. that I'm excited to talk about here. Um, and there, there is some weird shit, like just like what you were saying. Uh, what winds up happening, I'm just going to, uh, we'll throw these around here just for some weird trivia, uh, trivia stuff rather. Uh, we'll go easy on, uh, on Joe over here. Joe, who's the first black president of the United States? Full <laughs> uh, black or <laughs> that's a, that's a very good that's a very good phone a friend. Ten years ago, he could say Bill Clinton. <laughs> I'm going to say Obama, but I'd be wrong. No, no, you're correct. I'm it, correct. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I've been Lucky. working on it because uh, in order to plug question. the show, when I plug the show on uh, at standup uh, gigs or whatever, I always say at the end I try to tell like an interesting story to pull people. And yeah, we did an episode on Warren G. Harding, Ooh. right? So he's like considered the worst president of all time. But when he was running, he was a beloved guy. But there was this uh, uh, rumor that he had a um, his great grandmother was black, and so they would use that where like even his wife's family was saying like, oh, we, we, she's dating a black guy, you know. <laughs> Because his great grandmother was like, you know, whatever, and it's all rumor too. And the but dude was, is white as snow, but this is the fucking oh, rumor. Yeah, that's why I was yeah but, but DNA uh, works weird. Yeah, you know how it works. Yeah, so always, I'm learning that now. Distribute evenly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was interesting because uh, the rumors persisted uh, so long after he, because it was 2012 yeah. when they actually did the uh, the DNA testing on Warren G. Harding's uh, all of his family yeah. to determine whether or not, in fact, he was of African descent. Yeah. So could you imagine? It did not come back positive. Okay. Came back negative, so he was just a you know, yep. r- regular old white guy. Um, but it did make me laugh because it happened in 2012. Could you imagine, Gordon, having to knock on the door of the Oval Office in oh, 2012 man. and saying, hey, uh, Barack, uh, congrats on being the second, second. black president? <laughs> I think Michelle would have slapped that person. <laughs> oh, I think so. yeah. No, that's uh, – Oh, she's yeah. going to run eventually, too. We're going to oh, be talking about man. her. Copyright right infringement. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, well, breaking so. news tonight. Firstly, Michelle Obama <laughs> slapped a, an office courier. <laughs> so we'll go, uh, we'll go easy now here. Uh, this, this one's a little bit harder here. We'll go, throw this one over to my sister if we can. Uh, first uh, black athlete to play in Major League Baseball, Carrie Burke. Jackie Robinson. Ooh. You got it right. What's inundated. Number 42, baby. Um, I like like I like Jackie's story because uh, Fra- I think Frank Robinson passed away second. Like, right. Yeah, he just recently passed away and he broke all these records. And I just I like the picture of Jackie Robinson watching him like, oh, yeah, of course he wouldn't break those records. He had no one yelling at him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, there's uh, we almost debated doing Satchel Page for this episode because his story's so good too. His story's amazing. You guys are gonna like where we wind up going on this. Yeah. Gordon, we're going a little harder on you, brother. Uh, okay. First black Supreme Court justice. Uh, that'd be Thurgood Marshall. Hell yes. Oh man, if I didn't know that, my mom would have slapped me. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, your mom's a teacher mom's in uh, a te- New York, right? Yeah. Mom's a teacher uh, from Newark, New Jersey. Now she. She's been promoted from teaching. She's now the dean of discipline no at shit. Brick Academy, and oh, now you not do that. But yeah, yeah exactly. and, uh, <laughs> she's a she's a dean of discipline in North New Jersey, and like she's like it's crazy that my mom is my mom's more popular than me in North. <laughs> like I honestly think if she ran for mayor, she could she could win because she's taught everybody. I don't know if I'd be against that, man. I probably yeah. if I if I could vote in Newark's elections, I'd probably roll with her on that one. The, uh, get out there, Miss Bone. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> so an easy on you guys here. So we got um, – now this one's weird. I don't know if you guys are going to know this one. Who's the first black uh, – because it's Oscar weekend. Okay. It is Oscar Sunday we're recording on. It's going to come out Thursday the 28th. Yeah. First black Academy Award winner. Sidney Portia? You. Everybody gets close. Everybody gets close. Cause Wait. He, he's the first – yeah, now this one's crazy. Uh, I think it was 1935. Oh. Um, Let's see if you got it. Oh, no, it's not him. It's, I'll, I'll put it this way. It's, it's, a, it's a her. Uh-huh. Oh, I know exactly oh, what you're talking from, about. Um, what's the movie? Uh, Frankly, Scarlet, I don't get yes. it. Yes. Um, uh, wait. I don't I know her name. I don't know her name. I know you, no. No. It was Gone with the Wind. Gone with gone, the... It was Gone with the Wind. And I, the actress was Hattie McDaniel. There you go. Yeah, so Hattie. I've never even heard of her. Uh, really? She's a legend. She sounds she's Irish. A legend. McDaniel? Yeah. She sounds she Irish. There, well, you see a lot well, of that, black too. black Irish. Well, um, <laughs> <laughs> let me explain something. <laughs> Uh, well played. Now, I don't think anybody's going to know this one. Okay. Um, and if you do, I, I, it'll blow my mind. Um, but does anyone know? Because I know my sister looked up the, the subject matter a little bit ahead of time. Uh, who was the first black Medal of Honor winner? Ooh, do not know that. That's a good question, right? Yeah. Now, now what's weird is that there's two answers. Is that? So oh. I'm going to present – there's a little bit of um, an argument as to who was the first uh, black Medal of Honor winner. And I'm going to present both cases here. They're they're both insane stories. (laughs) Who was given it first? Well, it's weird because the uh, the the record keeping uh, back then was good, but it's not what it is today. Uh, I I thought it was a race to it. Stories. (laughs) 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 All right, you guys are tied. (laughs) (laughs) Whoever snatches it from my hand, (laughs) we put it up on a ladder. Whichever one of you guys grabs it first, the odds are fifty to one. (laughs) We want to get the bets in. So it's uh, it's still a matter of uh, some dispute here, but these two stories I thought were fascinating, so I'm excited to tell you guys about okay. this shit here. Uh, the first medal to be awarded was given to uh, Robert Blake. This was during the Civil War in 1864. Oh. Yeah, the records back then probably suck. Yeah. yeah. Well, now, it, when we get to his story, his story sounds like more of a comic book hero than anything. I mean, it, it's nuts, dude. Um, but now the actions of the other guy, uh, a gentleman by the name of, and I know Kerry was very familiar with this guy, William Harvey Carney. Mm. All right, that took place during the Battle of Fort Wagner down mm-hmm. in uh, South Carolina in 1863. Wow. So, some of the shit you're going to know about in a second. Too, yeah. right? I think we all, everybody seen the movie Glory? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, the 54th Massachusetts is the unit that William Harvey Carney was in, but he's not in the movie. The guy's the most interesting part of the entire division, and he's not in the movie. They, it's weird because they, they did a composite of him because you got Denzel in there, you got, um, uh, what's his name? Who else is in? There's a million great actors. Carrie Elways is in it. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Broderick does a nice job as uh, Robert Gould Short. And then you got Morgan Freeman who just... Oh, Matthew Broderick. Yeah, people would listen to him do anything. What a great career that man's had. 
it is a yeah, and it gets to. I, I'm in the the minority here because I find Sarah Jessica Parker very attractive. You do? I do. Nobody else sides with I me. I do. On that. No, you do too. I would say very attractive. Attractive. Oh, attractive. I'm, I'm into it. All right, I, scale I like of one it. to ten, real quick. Eight. Uh, I'm, I I'm standing firm at eight. All yeah. right, cool. Now, yeah. By the way, I, I should just seven for, or six. It depends on what okay. she's wearing, though. Depends if she wears some really wacky shit. I like a good well, schnoz on a girl. It looks a <laughs> <laughs> something about it sometimes. I like a good schnoz on a girl. Huh? Yeah. By the way, just for it's people listening at home, uh, my sister's uh, opinions are very qualified too. By the way, <laughs> Carrie, <laughs> Carrie is what we would call uh, <laughs> a lesbian. Yes, also true. <laughs> I'm excited. And then people think I'm joking. I am the man of honor at her wedding. That, that's a, a nice. Yeah, that's an uncomfortable position. Wow, <laughs> dude. At least like at least you're going to your sister's wedding. My mom, my sister got married in Jamaica. One of my sisters got married in Jamaica. And I was like, you just don't want me to go. You like <laughs> you want me to go to a destination wedding and wear a suit on a beach in Jamaica. Yeah, that's not you good. are rude. <laughs> <laughs> and uh Gordon, you can put just down say beers you don't with want me at your them. wedding. Yeah. Right. You're going to get like, the beer sweats in a tuxedo dude, in Jamaica. Dude, no, it's not nice. You don't want me there. <laughs> Just um, say no. This is where shit gets weird. Okay. Right? This one's fun here. Um, so uh, I'm going to tell the story of both of these men. Uh, William Harvey Carney is considered uh, the first because his actions predate uh, what happened with Robert Blake. Robert Blake is the first to receive it, and Carney doesn't get his until 1900. All right, so it kind of gets a little scoot. You know, it's, it's very sketchy over here. Mm-mm-mm. But uh, both actions took place during the American Civil War. Uh, the Civil War, a.k.a. the War Between the States, a.k.a. the War of Northern Aggression, depending on where you're listening from, guys. Uh, <laughs> when I lived in the South for a couple of years, I was down there for six years in Jacksonville. And uh, you met people from all over the world. And you're just like, they literally, um, I remember going to Appomattox Courthouse, uh, which is where uh, General Lee uh, signed, pretty much uh, surrendered the Army of Northern Virginia, yeah. the biggest bulk of the Confederacy, to Ulysses S. Grant. So when he signed it over to him uh, at Appomattox Courthouse, the full-on surrender that effectively ended the war, you realize it's just the – all they did is that the Army of Northern Virginia surrendered. Mm-hmm. The rest of the Confederacy is still going. So there's battles that take place in Texas afterwards. There's the whole Juneteenth thing, yep. which I found out about from all my buddies in the Navy. And it makes me laugh too because uh, – There are very few people that know about well, Juneteenth. I only uh, noticed it on my iPhone it. recently. <laughs> 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 is I, Apple recognizing I, June 10th? Yeah, because I remember looking, I'm like, is this a gig I got? Or like, like, what is this? <laughs> uh, Juneteenth was great. I oh, was, no, uh, Joe, no one works on Juneteenth. <laughs> I know, it's showing up on the iPhone now with all these other holidays I never heard of. That was um, that was the best part of my last unit when I was in Mezron 10 down in Jacksonville, Florida. I was the only white kid in the unit. It was all do, uh, it was people from the South, everything. And then the uh, our, our other buddy was uh, from Texas. And so we would celebrate Juneteenth. And they'd come in and we'd, we'd just do barbecue the entire day. And I was yeah. like, all right, I'm, I'm on board. I want to celebrate yeah, this. Yeah, briefly, if you don't mind. Yeah, exactly. I was going to ask that, too. And, uh, stop me when I'm wrong, Gordon. Go, I got you. As far as I'm aware, it's that... Uh, I love when people are educated. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> word, uh, word traveled a little bit uh, more slowly. And then Texas had mm-hmm. an interesting thing because Texas uh, being uh, at one time its own republic, mm-hmm. uh, the rules were a little bit different. So Juneteenth is effectively the uh, uh, Texas recognizing the official end of slavery, post-emancipation proclamation. So, so people were free. And uh, certain parts of the South 
there were slaves that didn't know and they were still working. Oh. They should not have been working. <laughs> and somebody came around and was like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> That's horrible. So the company went under and nobody told to find out. No one checked Twitter back then. No one checked Twitter back then. Did you brothers not get the tweets? It's like, man, I carrier feel... pigeon died in the sky carrying the... I feel stupid. Some dude drove by in a Honda and was like, hey, what are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guy's raking. Like, That's a black guy in a car? <laughs> With a white girlfriend? <laughs> what happened? I picture like um, the ladies the and gentlemen get out too. <laughs> Why they call it Juneteenth though? Uh, well, it was June 19th, right? Yep. Not that okay. Yeah, because that's when we right. celebrate. So yep. June 19th, we're for shorthand Juneteenth. And it Juneteenth. Like, it was a good time, and we had a good barbecue down there. And uh, a, you know, dude, it, people, I I respect a lot of people that respect that uh, respect and celebrate Juneteenth because a lot of people don't know. And like I like I'm not a traditional, uh, just dude. Just like ah, it's Black History Month. Let's just do something. Like I actively celebrate the history of this country that people don't know about, and it's fun to do that because people go, "What are you doing?" And it's like, "Ah, no, no, this is what we do." Can I tell is, Can I tell the people something you do that I I fucking love? You told me that? I said uh, we were hanging at Stress the other day. Yeah, and uh, you told me that you give Black History Month presents. Oh yes. Dude, I, I kind of love this. I'm not gonna I, lie. I give Black History Month gifts to friends and like every friends and family. I go around and I find like different little Black History, not Black History, but just like Black themed gifts, and I just give them out. It's, sometimes it's not even Black themed. It's just like, um, I you know what? I might as well tell the story now because it's almost <laughs> the end of it. It's almost the end of the month. Um, the beginning, the day before Black History Month began, I was already planning out my Black History Month gift. I've been doing this for about like six years. Me and my friend Steve and another one of my friends, Brett, we were doing this at first. We started with just with saying Happy Black History Month to each other. Nice, right? And like people would just look at me and go, what? What are you talking about? Like, and I would just go around. That was the whole thing. Just say Happy Black History Month to a stranger and just get it started. And then it moved on to gifts. And then uh, <laughs> I was in the mall. It was the day before. And like I, went to, I was in uh, Jersey Gardens. And this black dude just sees me. Like I'm looking at this book bag. And I was like, I need a adult book bag. Black guy just saw me. He was like, hey, here, this is for you. And he just handed me like this this book bag. And I go, what are you doing? He goes, oh, no, nah, man. You just look like you. It'd be dope if you had this. And I was like, oh, shit. Thank no you. No shit. Really? Yeah, dead ass. And just oh. handed me this book bag. And I just went. Oh wow! And then he was like, "I was like, why are you doing like? Because I thought like he was doing like a black history mother thing." He was like, "Nah, man, just like something we doing is another black guy." I just went, "All right, all right," and it got me amped up. It got me like motivated again <laughs> for Black History Month. So like, I I fly drones, and I gave one of my friends it was like, I had two drones at the time. So I just gave one of my friends my drone because I know he wanted one. So I was just like, you know what? Hey. Happy Black History Month. He was like, what are you doing? I was like, hey, dude. Oh, it, was, it was our boy. Can I Ty, say his name? Yeah, 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 it was Ty Ray. Yeah, I gave Ty. <laughs> I gave Ty my drone. It was like, because that's the whole thing. Like, no one knows how to celebrate Black History Month. Every every it single holiday, every single holiday has a a significant event that happens. Like, St. Patrick's Day, people drink and do their goofiness, which I don't agree with drinking on St. Patrick's <laughs> Day because like it celebrates alcoholism in that community, and which is wrong. Well, our so, Uncle Bobby, well, he still, um, when he was a teacher, yeah. he was a shop teacher, um, and he would always take St. Patrick's Day off as a religious observance. Really? Because <laughs> he would go to Mass, and then he'd start drinking. <laughs> This is a smart man. But, yeah. so, I'm gonna go pray, but I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go pray, and then I'm gonna get lifted. You got me, right. but yeah, I do that. I give out Black History Month gifts, and it's like it's 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 not racial based. It's just literally, hey, 
Here's the history. We've had, like, we know the plight. Let's do it. No, I, I love that. I mean, yeah. It's really, it was cool. I'm, I'm glad you told the story because I do, I hope it does catch on. It's kind of funny. I really, like, dude, I, because, <laughs> like, <laughs> me and my friends were, like, when we first started doing, before we even came up with it, I used to call it Secret Oprah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't want to call it Secret Santa. I was like Secret Oprah. We're gonna do Secret That's Oprah. Be like everyone, check under your seats. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I wanted. I wanted. I wanted you to come. Come somewhere, and you look under your seat. You're like what? The? Yeah, man. That was oh, like a three month. That's beautiful. <laughs> but that was uh, the whole point of it. But. Oh my god! No, I love that. Yeah. man. it's uh, no, I bring that name back. I like that. That's yeah. That's that might work on stage, brother. Um, Secret. Oh, the. Uh, awesome. Now there are because Gordon's right too. There are hack things to talk about for Black History yeah. Month because there's. I don't ever want people to get bored or complacent with it mm. because there's some really cool stories that never got a chance to get told. Uh, Joe, you were talking earlier about the movie Green Book. Or Greenbrook, is it? Book. Book, Book. got it. So you, I just want to make sure. Now. Greenbrook a, is a town in New Jersey that yeah, no yeah. one should go That's to. the problem. We're right near it. <laughs> so this is where shit gets interesting, man. Yeah. Uh, both actions that those guys got for – I'm going to present both cases, and you guys give yeah. me your thoughts on which one uh, you think should actually be considered the first here. Um, but uh, So the Civil War raged in America from the, uh, the Confederates firing on Fort Sumter uh, April 12, 1861, which we're coming up on the anniversary of. And then it, uh, it ended uh, with general – largely considered to be ended. Uh, general Lee surrendered to General Grant at Appomattox Courthouse on April 9th, 1865. All right. The war raged on this. We, people thought we were going to break up. Yep. But what's crazy is when you ask people at Appomattox Courthouse – I literally asked the tour guide when I was there because I've been to Fort Sumter and I've been to Appomattox Courthouse. And when I was at Appomattox Courthouse, I said, OK, so when did the rest of the Civil War end if the Army of Northern Virginia just surrendered on this date? And the person goes, well, depending on where you are. Yep. Uh, it's still going on. <laughs> it's still going on. So I thought that was interesting here. But um, the war was fought for many reasons. The uh, indisputable hot-button issue of the day is slavery, though. We're yep. talking about uh, bleeding Kansas and how you had to uh, admit a pro-slavery state into the Union and then have an uh, abolition state added to the Union uh, in order to make sure there was no – the balance in Congress was still there because we're expanding as a nation. But they don't want the practice of slavery to expand into these other territories. So it gets really crazy. That's also another reason why Texas was its own thing for a while. But uh, the, um, it's still a point of discontent to this day. But uh, the eventual sizes of the armies and the navies uh, when the Civil War broke out was in favor two to one to the north. Mm -mm. Everybody lived up north. So down south, it was an agriculture-based society. They weren't as highly industrialized. Nope. So it gets a little still bit. to this day. <laughs> also true. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so yeah, it's two to one in favor of uh, the north. And the North's also largely industrial. They can resupply aggressively. They got all the cool weapons. Uh, Colt is coming out with the pistol at this time. You got uh, Winchester rifles coming through. Uh, you're still using uh, ball musket type stuff with this. But the one huge advantage that the South had, they had all the kick-ass generals. Yeah. So they had uh, – and, and it's crazy too because these guys were uh, – they were the best generals because they were American generals. Uh -huh. They were running West Point, uh, the Virginia Military Institute. I mean they were running all these things. They were in charge of the federal response. This blew my mind. I've studied the Civil War since I was a little kid. I've been fascinated with it. This one kind of fucked me up a little bit. So uh, you got all the – like the best, finest military minds in the world uh, all wind up joining up with the Confederacy because uh, a lot of them are from Virginia. Uh -huh. and so it's not that they're against America. They don't, they don't want to betray you know, America, but they can't – they have to defend Virginia. Their hometowns. Well, it's like uh, uh, the states are like Greek city-states back yep. then. So it's like, you know, oh, well, uh, I'm, I'm Greek, but I'm Spartan. So I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to fuck around with that shit. I mean, why would you? <laughs> well, it's, it, everybody back then, too. 
back then too, everybody you know is from the same place. So you don't have friends like, you know, it's not like you're hanging out. Oh, I'm going to go up to Rhode Island and hang out with my boys for the weekend. Oh, no. You're just like, no, I've never left Virginia yeah. unless I was doing something with a bunch of people from Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> so. Virginia was the first state. Well, no, Delaware is technically the first state, but like the first um, well, colony. If you, if, you ask them, yeah, if you ask Virginia, they're not a state. They're a commonwealth. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. That, I forgot they, that. They're, they're real prideful on that for some oh, reason. I'm a commonwealth. But, uh, <laughs> oh, commonwealth laws are the worst, too. Well, that they can. It's a good way for them to bypass a lot of stuff as yes. well. That's uh, if you were in the because I did six years in the navy. We always talk about it on the show. Uh, you can get pulled over in uniform in a government vehicle and still receive a ticket from a Virginia state trooper because they just don't care. Yep. So they're not big on it, man. Uh, this one messed my head up a little bit. Uh, so Robert E. Lee is now the head. He's the finest military mind in the country. He now decides that he can't turn his back on his beloved Virginia, and he uh, decides he's going to uh, uh, be a part of the Confederacy. He literally says this weird duplicitous quote, you know, where they say, like, you, you can have uh, two ideas. So you're not saying yeah. yes, but you're not saying no. So this is his way around. He goes, well, uh, I refuse to go to war with the United States, but uh, I will defend Virginia if need be. Like, That's a great way of saying I love my country, but if you come in here. <laughs> So that's how he. If you uh, want to fight? I I gotta fight for you. He, I, I thought it was the perfect way. You know, it's almost yeah. like the. Uh, um, uh, it's almost like Rambo's. Like they drew first blood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, oh. so he's sitting there. He's uh, he's gonna leave now. And uh, what's crazy too is that uh, Lee was actually in charge of the f- initial federal response to Harper's Ferry. You know about Harper's Ferry, guys? No. Nope. Nope. All right. So John Brown is the, John Brown's raid. This is this crazy motherfucker? He's a religious zealot who says God spoke to him and told him to end slavery, right? Guy's got this big Moses beard, you know, big, tall, uh, I think like a German descent kind of a guy. <laughs> and he, uh, he gets his, uh, his tribe, if you will, of uh, people following his religious cult to help him attack Harper's Ferry. Mm. Nice. And it triggers a federal response. He thought he was going to overthrow slavery that night. He, oh. He's like, oh, yeah, we're going to get this. Yeah, he thought it was a day. It was just yeah, one dreamer. Yeah. Oh, he's a, he's a big abolitionist. It's only going to take one day. It's all good. <laughs> Uh, you know anything about it? Go oh, slavery? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No? Take an hour. Give me an hour. Give me one hour. I got to solve it. <laughs> I mean, what's it really going to take, huh? You get a call an hour later. Hello, so hello, so it didn't. It didn't take an hour. Uh, all it's right. going to take a little while right, longer. Right. You believe they resisted? <laughs> wow. What are you guys doing? Well, if it had worked too, I always Apparently think that's like a if, fan of this because back then, yeah. <laughs> Well, back in the day, what it was is that um, uh, somebody, one of my professors, Brookdale, broke it down that a, um, a, a uh, in his prime age slave uh, in the slave trade back then would actually have been it would have cost the equivalent of um, like a high priced BMW or Mercedes Benz. Yep. So imagine the plantation owner walks outside and just sees his Mercedes Benz going along its merry way. It's, it's not I'm not your car anymore, bro. You can't fucking yeah, yeah, do no, it. Yeah, no, you're not, not, bro. You get out of here. What are you doing? Which is hilarious. <laughs> so now Lee's interesting because Lee is uh, he's actually openly opposed to slavery. Yes. He's not big on it. Okay, that's why they they paint this idea of the whole race because sometimes we try to in revisionist history we try to make the Confederates Nazis, which yeah. it's just not there. You know what I mean? The more you look at it. Except the faults that they had. They fucked up a lot. They fucked up plenty. We don't need to, you know, give them the shit that Hitler, oh, yeah. <laughs> Hitler oh, hooked yeah. up about 80 years later. Is there a but after that? Like, he wasn't a fan <laughs> of slavery, but uh, but I had to get shit done. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty much weird. That's pretty much his stance. He's like, ah, listen, I don't like this. But there's nobody else to oppress. 
<laughs> it's um, it's weird too because what winds up happening with Lee is that he openly is against Slayer, thinks it's a moral and religious issue, but doesn't like the idea of the government getting involved. Yep. So it's that way of not rocking the boat. So it kind of gets mm. fucked up. Because Carrie, you remember we went down to uh, we had our family trips over at Gettysburg. Yeah. And the reason why Gettysburg is considered such a massive. Like you guys took family trips to Gettysburg all the time. You man. guys are the. Epitome. Oh, and we had to listen to the audio book the whole time. <laughs> oh, you guys are the whitest family. Because <laughs> someone wanted to yeah, listen you don't get whiter than that. No, we did like uh, the every... textbook definition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is hilarious because um, Carrie and I are both adopted too, which gets even weirder. Really? Yes. Yeah, so then um, my mother's Armenian. Our mother's Armenian, right? Yeah. And uh, but then Carrie and I are like off. Like that's how white Armenians are. They're allowed to adopt white babies. That's. <laughs> 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 Which I thought was interesting. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you want to talk about that butt at the end here, Joe? No, here's yeah, the fuck. Here's yeah. the butt for you, my friend. Uh, so Lee is against it on that issue, but he also supports something known as the Crittenden uh, Compromise of 1860 that would have constitutionally protected slavery. You can't do that. You. The the slavery issues plagued us since day one. Yep. Remember, because they tried to free everybody, and they're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, everybody, easy, buddy, <laughs> easy." <laughs> so he supported that because he thought it would keep the union together. But now, when it breaks down, Lee is also placed in charge. Like I said, he runs the federal response to Harper's Ferry. So now this guy that's actually doing the things that Lee says he believes in on a religious cause to overturn slavery—that it's a, this uh, immoral thing, which it is—they uh, go ahead. And, Brown executes this raid in hopes of overturning slavery overnight. The other big name that the Confederacy gets, so Robert E. Lee is going to march in there with federal troops to put down this raid against slavery. And the guy who's uh, the military genius that's behind him here, you're doing a, a Darth Vader breathing into the mic thing right now, Coons. I don't I'm, hear no, it. I'm not. I'm getting it. Somebody's giving me a. I don't hear it. <laughs> no, I heard it too. I was looking around too, like when he when he said it. So I'm like, oh, we'll figure it all out, man. Literally, when he looked at me and doing it, like it was one of those moments where, like, wait, am I breathing? No, I'm not. Wait, <laughs> let me actually take a breath. Must have been me because I didn't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, about it. you're good, brother. We can only hear because we got headphones on. This um, breathing sounds awesome, actually. But uh, now the other big name like we were saying here. So his second in command, because Robert E. Lee is the most brilliant military mind, but the best yep. field commander at the time, Stonewall Jackson. Mm. Ooh, right? Stonewall. They got a Bill Parcells, Bill Belichick thing going on. You know what I mean? I wonder if Stonewall knows there's a gay club named after him. <laughs> I, thought where, I thought that's where it came from. Yeah, that's, what the, yeah, that's he, where it does He was like from. the first queer. Yeah. Was he? I'm just kidding. Making sure. <laughs> <laughs> you sounded so convincing. I thought that was legit, too. <laughs> I looked over at Carrie for a dollar. Am I right? I would have figured that out. No, Carrie. Joe really looked over like, huh? 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 <laughs> <laughs> like am, I, am I on the money? <laughs> you know, if we, uh, here's why I'm glad you guys are on the show. I would have been like, because I'm such a passive guy as yeah. a host for this, that I would have just been like, oh, that's interesting. I that <laughs> I <laughs> but uh, Stonewall, fascinating guy, man. Um, and he yeah, was all, he couldn't come out back then. <laughs> he was also super wait, wait, friendly. Wait, wait, black though. people, and what else? <laughs> Easy. Easy. He was. Uh, I don't need two civil wars. He was cool doing his thing. One of those things. Yeah. <laughs> so Stonewall was interesting though because he was the most brilliant field commander that they had. So he was a massive loss for the Union because when they said literally the Union's trying to find a, uh, a general to lead them in this upcoming war, they all know is happening. I'm like, hey, what about Robert E. Lee? Nah, he's fighting for the other guy. Yep. Uh, okay. Well, let's give it to Stonewall. Nah, he's fighting for the other guy. So you're over two on the two best military commanders of the day. And if you look at it, um, it's almost like. Um, they just never fired their head coaches. It's almost like the Giants where they, they have this way of keeping a head coach around, sometimes a little bit too long. But, um, Coughlin. Yeah, call, they, but they don't, they don't get rid of them. 
they don't get rid of him, so they allow him to get some. And we won two Super Bowls, thank God, because of that man. They wanted him fired before both of those. Um, well, every single year that they, they was thinking about getting rid of him, he's like, I need you guys to win. <laughs> uh, yeah, my job. Well, Parcells was that way too. That he, yeah. they thought they uh, he was on thin ice too, and they wound up turning everything around. So that's what kind of happens with Robert E. Lee and Stonewall is that these men rally around them. So when Stonewall dies, he gets killed. Uh, oddly, by one of his own men on accident in a misfiring incident at the Battle of Chancellorsville. Now, it's very weird because it's right off the highway in 95 because when you drive through Virginia, now you guys do road gigs and yeah. shit. Uh, there's literally this whole battlefield highway that they talk about where you can drive down. You're driving through uh, Chancellorsville, Wait, uh, the Battle of the Wilderness. Yeah, there's I all think this I know what you're thinking you're talking about. Yeah, Manassas, Bull Run, all yes, this stuff happening yes. down there. So it's cra- it happens very close, too, because you got to realize these guys had to march to get there to do these battles. But uh, you're driving there as far as fuck, man. I can't. Uh. Well, you can't can actually walk. walking, yeah, right? You, you can actually walk the um, the path. Walking with uh, shit too. <laughs> <laughs> Are we not there yet? Not just the leisurely five k. Well, when you walk, um, you can actually walk from the parking lot at uh, the Battle of Chancellor. You can walk this little tiny path. I remember walking to go back to the Stonewall Jackson Monument, which is literally placed on the spot where he got shot. He died days later. Ooh. But um, that you can actually walk over there to this. Damn, bullets sucked back then. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> Wait, it's the exact spot where he died. The exact spot where he was shot. Where so he, he was shot. Yeah, he died days later. So in, they uh, were the just house. like on the. They went to like the lowest ranking soldier member. Was like, here, stand here. We're gonna put a monument in here in a couple of days. Well, they're probably off by a couple of feet. <laughs> I would imagine. But uh, it's interesting. Both those guys put down this um, John Brown's raid over in Harper's Ferry, but then they wind up um, siding with Virginia. So now uh, Virginia plays this angle. Let's not talk about the immorality of slavery. Let's talk about these northern invaders. Yep. Right, which is hilarious because the South fires the first shot of the Confederacy, Fort Sumter down in Charleston. So, mm. oh, so don't look at this. Look at this. Yeah, it's pretty. It's a classic bait and switch yeah, on man. that one. But you gotta uh, do that. Now I was on a patrol boat uh, when we were doing a, a fifty cal shoot. Uh, we we go on these thirty four foot patrol boats. That's how my, loud is a fifty cal? Uh, it, it's not loud. It's uh, it's how much it, it rocks you. Because when you're on a boat, by the way, and because uh, I know Gordon and me, uh, we've we've had a few beers plenty yeah. of times. But <laughs> yeah. I went out and I had a few too many beers the night before this gun shoot. And, uh, oh God! So it's you, always a good. It's so cool because uh, <laughs> when you're down in Charleston, you're hanging out with your buddies. You just got back from the Middle East. You're gonna have a good time. Yeah. So uh, we're we're taking the boats down. We take the patrol boats, 34 foot patrol boats, to go do a uh, 50 cal shoot. And uh, we're driving past. I thought it was so cool to be in the water in the river there, looking over and seeing Fort Sumter, and realizing like this is like I'm seeing this as a member of the military. This is imagine imagine that was our objective. We had to take that fort. So it's federal troops that are in the fort there. And the Confederacy, uh, they pull off this like really cool blockade, and they actually force everybody. The eventual surrender. I think only one person dies in the Battle of Fort Sumter. Really? Mm. Yeah. They just it, they were st- it was like a logistics thing. Like, all right, we you guys can have this. We're out of food. We want to go home. So that was their kind of a move here. <laughs> we have no more bacon. That's a- <laughs> Uh, we're out of shit. It's uh, oh, yeah. That's how useful your drone would be. You just yep. drop off a you know, Amazon Prime package and fund uh, fund the, the continued occupation of Fort Sumner. But uh, this sets up the really interesting story here um, of William Harvey Carney. So he was born uh, 1840, uh, February 29th, mind you, a leap year, leap year kid. Ooh. Yeah. So they say it's unlucky to be born as a leap year kid. You know what? It's also unlucky to be born as black. A yeah, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> I would say unlucky. You get some fortunate things being born this, this dope as fuck. No, all right, all right. I'm just gonna get into it. No, you're it. good. It's a, I was going with a dick, dick joke, but I stopped. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, I'm better than this. I'm better than that. I shouldn't have. Well, to do I think it. the cool, um, the cool juxtaposition or the contrast here for these guys is that uh, William Harvey Carney is born in Virginia as a slave. Yeah. So the same thing where Stonewall Jackson 
and uh, Robert E. Lee are like, oh, well, we're, we're, you know, we're, they're both considered to be the friend of the black man too back then. They're very yeah. progressive in their views on a lot of this stuff. Nice. But uh, Stonewall Jackson would teach uh, Sunday school. Him and his wife would teach Sunday school, and uh, they'd have a, they'd go to church with a, you know a black congregation and everything. So they try to you know portray this idea. They're like, oh, well, we're very forward thinking here in Virginia. We'll, we'll get rid of slavery eventually. Uh, eventually, we just don't like the way that the you know the federal government is trying to tell us it has to go away. Now we're going to you know uh, enforce it by gunpoint. So they try to portray that attitude. But at the same time, uh, William Harvey Carney is uh, born into slavery in the, their very same state of Virginia. So it's not this happy, shiny fucking place they're trying to portray it as. Um, it's the same state that Lee and Jackson are defending as their homeland. It's the same state that Carney finds himself escaping via the Underground Railroad. All right? So I always talk about, like, um, there's a thing. Uh, uh, Milton Freeman talks about it uh, whenever he gave, like, his speeches on college campuses. He would always say, pay attention how people vote with their feet. So vote with their feet. Yeah, vote with their feet. What, does what that do mean? you mean by that? So, well, this is interesting because yeah. it, it was a kind of a cool concept. They're like, so pay attention how people vote with their feet. They're telling you in Virginia, oh, slavery is not all that bad because they're trying to portray the slaves in the South on the uh, the farms. Uh, they're trying to play them against the Irish factory workers up north. Yep. They're like, oh, well, when you die in a factory, you know, nobody gives anything to your family. You know, if, if a slave gets sick, we make sure they get better because it's in our best interest for everybody. You know, we want them as long as possible. They, Sign me up. That's, it's literally. What am I doing in this factory? Yeah, <laughs> I totally look at my life differently now. Thanks. It is. A, it's a messed up political cartoon they did too, where they they showed an Irish factory worker. And by the way, it always makes me laugh. The old school um, political cartoons. Remember they show the Irish. It's always a. Um, they have like a, a chimp like features. They have like a handlebar, uh, like a, a little. Um, what do you call it for the uh, the chin strap uh, facial hair? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they have to make sure that everybody knew that. Like, well, they're not Anglo-Saxons. Yeah, no, these, are, these are the Gales. So. Oh, <laughs> but it always made me laugh with that. So they're showing um, uh, a bunch of the Irish factory workers. One of them's dead on a door, being dragged back to his wife or something like that. And like, oh, well, what's better? And then they show like, um, you know, uh, the. Uh, a black slave uh, sleeping in a comfortable bed with a big fire next to him, being fed soup. By and I was like, "You guys are good at propaganda." So, oh, the propaganda was dope back then. Yeah, and it, it's nuts too, man. Because uh, now, when they talk about voting with your feet, they try to say this: "Well, we treat our slaves very good. You know, we're very good to them, and they're in the family. You know, we have holidays with them. They get presents for Christmas." Well, how do people vote with their feet if you are risking your entire life? Uh, to jump on a series of hidden passageways and houses that are going to get yeah. you to uh, get you from Virginia, where you have everybody you ever knew, to get you up to Massachusetts, just so you could be free. That's how you vote with your feet. That's how you know. That you oh, okay. It's no, not really no, the no, good story. It. Yeah. So. Oh, Harriet, look at you. Yeah. Causing, <laughs> causing trouble. Um, I, uh, I do. It's a, she's got such a great story too, man. Dude, look. she used to carry. She used to carry guns, and no one talks about the guns. That she used to carry, and that's the one thing I hate. That like when they talk about Harriet Tubman, the actual type of gun, or no? She uh, she had a shotgun, and I think she had a revolver, and uh, people thought it was like to shoot at like slave catchers and things like that. It actually was like <laughs> it was actually for slaves that tried to run back. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> that's great. yeah, because uh, the thing was like they so, would get really far, and people would get scared. Like it would be situations where they would they would get very close to north and then like, like people oh, would get cold feet like it's cold up here yeah I think I want to go back. She carried a sharpshooter's rifle. There we go. And a oh, and a saber. Yep. And a pistol. Yep. That's nuts. Man. And like she never she never shot at she, from what the legend says she never shot at 
any white person. She only had to shoot at people that were like, I want to go back. I want to go back. They did feed me soup. (laughs) (laughs) So she would like let off like, bang, if you go back, you die. I don't know. If I saw snow for the first time Did in my life, I might die. Here we go. Wow. Uh, I'm, send me that pic. I'm going to put it up on the uh, the yep. Instagram page. That's great. Um, no one, no one, no one knows that part by her. Tell them they always show like her holding a lantern, running north. I'm like, no. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah the schools don't want to show the guy. Yeah. <laughs> but that w- that's what kids want to see. That way, it would, you uh, see a girl with a lamp, you're like, this story sucks. <laughs> but if you, if yeah, you get more people in. Yeah. Every little kid in that room be like, yeah. did she kill anybody? <laughs> And then you can hold them off for the rest of the class exactly. and totally be into exactly. it. Exactly. People be invested. Well, if they treated her with a little bit of what's Michonne from The Walking Dead. Oh, my God. If you just had Harriet Tubman with her. a samurai sword, oh yes. you get a lot more people paying attention to the story. That's what I'm saying. They, they, they don't know how to educate Michonne's these children. Michonne's the Harriet Tubman of The Walking Dead. <laughs> now, here's that where shit gets weird, by the way. This is how... Uh, fuck a t-shirt. Black, I want to see that as a movie. For Black History Month t-shirt. Yeah. I want, an, I want an exploitation movie about Harry Tubman fighting zombies. <laughs> so now it's getting interesting. Yeah. So uh, the, the whole time has been crazy, but it gets. This is where um, up is down and down is up for a little bit. Mm. So Carney uh, makes it. Uh, he's actually illegally educated. He goes via the Underground Railroad and arrives in Massachusetts. He wanted to pursue a, a career in the church, but felt it was his duty to help the oppressed still in the South by joining the Union Army. Oh damn! So he now. Uh, he's his father's already up in Massachusetts. And he gets a bunch of his family up there as well, whether it's through their uh, masters dying and then being freed in their will, which is very common practice. That was Washington yep. himself was big on that, too. Um, but what winds up happening is uh, he joins up with the legendary 54th Massachusetts. Uh, 54th Massachusetts, uh, the, the entire movie Glory is made about them. They're actually the second African-American regiment to join the war. There was one out in Kansas that was the first. Uh, but I did not know Kansas was so progressive like that. Well, because bleeding Kansas was, when you talk about basketball, the Jayhawks were uh, anti-slavery. Really? So that's where that mascot name comes from. All yeah, right. they're pretty cool that way. Uh, but bleeding Kansas was that was the start of the Civil War, but on a small scale, and then it spread throughout the rest of the country because Kansas wanted to be admitted. Uh, there was some disputes as to whether or not it was going to be admitted as a slave state or a abolitionist state. Wow. So it gets really interesting. Kansas is way more interesting than we give it credit for. I, I'm realizing that. I learned that recently. Kansas and Iowa also is very interesting because uh, Iowa was apparently – a free state. Uh, they wanted uh, black families. They also were the first to legalize gay marriage before New York. No shit. Yeah, I did not know that one, bud. Iowa. Me either. I did not like. I just learned that. I learned that uh, during my show. I knew but, it. Uh, good yeah. for you. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to ask you guys another question here. This Go one's going to fuck with some people. So um, now, the 54th Massachusetts is the second African American regiment to join the war. The unit had black troops and black non-commissioned officers. Very, very cool. Gotcha. Right. Non-commissioned officers being like your sergeants and stuff like that. Now, the actual officers' officers have to have a commission. Uh, they had all white officers. One of them is Robert Gould Shaw, who was played by Matthew Broderick in the movie Glory. Okay. So he's a staunch abolitionist from a, a Massachusetts family, very progressive up there. Still to this day, the bluest state in the union, they call him. But uh, he often fights tooth and nail for the rights of his men to be treated as equals during the war effort. He's loved by his men. All right. This guy did everything right pretty much. Okay. Now – uh, but we did talk about it. So now, what's the first unit you guys think to have black officers in charge of black troops? When do you guys think that comes in? I don't understand the question. <laughs> that had to be that had to be during the Civil War, also. And I want to say, you said what state? Yeah, I mean, well, you're already right about it being in the Civil War. So now there's a unit that's finally going to have black officers. I don't know the units to even take a guess. 
No, you're good. Uh, Navy. Navy's a- interesting. Navy plays into the uh, the second guy's story here, not Carney, but the other guy. So you're very close on this one. Yeah. Carrie, you got anything? No. No. The Marines. <laughs> this was gonna fuck with you guys. Yeah. Um. So uh, it, it's oddly the first black unit to have black troops, black non-commissioned officers, and black commissioned officers who were their commanders was the first Louisiana Native Guard. Get that, the fuck out! That there. fought for the Confederacy. <laughs> I should have saw that coming. Wow. Yep. Well, because Louisiana had um, a free black population down because they had that French vibe. Yes, from New they Orleans. did. Yes, so they did. They weren't really uh, the, the idea of slavery was not exactly beholden to Louisiana. I can't mm. do. I can't do my accent. Oh no, my, you, you do my, it. My New Orleans accent. Like my friends are. I got friends from New Orleans. I haven't been, but I like. They have I'll a cool way of, of talking. Like, oh, he gets you. Yeah, we come down. We get you. Oh, you want a big, baby? Like, it's it's the weirdest. <laughs> It what just, did you actually say right I now? didn't say it. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, sorry. I don't speak stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sorry. New Orleans. Just my, my, buddy was from, uh, my buddy was from Mobile, Alabama. They have a little bit of that, too. Yep. Where um, he, he would always come up to us. His name was Vernon Wells. He was, uh, he was like, And it was so funny, too, because he, uh, he was a black kid. Right? But he would come up and he'd be like, man, you know, I'm, not, I'm Dominican. Yep. Right? And he would say that. But it was always because he goes, Burke, what you getting into right quick? And I was like, I, I'm sorry. Uh, sir, sir, I apologize. I'm not sure what you're saying right to me right quick. now. Right quick. Yeah, you ever right. Seen the, you ever seen the show King of the Hill? Yes, sir. Like, so remember that character, Boomhauer? Boomhauer, man. Who would talk like that? <laughs> hey, dang on, dang on, man. Like, man, we going down there and oh, man. Like, no one would ever understand a word he said. Oh, you, my God. You got to listen. You got to listen fast and like transition it in your ears that's 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 you're very something. right yeah you're very right you gotta listen very fast and then slow it down in your own brain and go okay that's what you meant by that let me play it back I want to keep quick. us moving here real quick so uh, we can get you out yeah. of here on the hour there my friend kahuna yeah. um i apologize fellas dude don't worry the, about uh, it oh, i know that man but it's uh it's kind of a cool thing too because now the 54th massachusetts as we're talking about um they're very interesting uh the men were held back from combat for a series of reasons some people wondered about their ability to fight in the field. Others argued they shouldn't see the glory of the battlefield because that was reserved for you know the heroes, if you will. They didn't want hero status going on. So there's actually racism within the own ranks of the Union Army. It's not yeah. like it's not like this. Like oh, well, we love black people here in the North. You know, it's not even that shit either. So yeah. it gets a little fucked up. But uh, as they're going through, uh, the Massachusetts is facing racism within their own leadership. Uh, Commander Robert Gould Shaw fought for his men constantly. Though they were being underpaid compared to the rest of the Union Army, this is there's no there's no way to spin this. This is fucked up. All right. Yep. Uh, the average rate of pay was thirteen dollars a month, which is why it attracted so many new Irish immigrants because they were poor farmers in Ireland that were being starved out via the potato famine. But what is that in today's dollars? If you adjust, it's not bad. I want to say it's probably add some zeros to that, but it's still underpaid. Yeah. yeah. But you're getting the immigrants from uh, coming in in the north to join the army, so it's immigrants fighting you know the natives' war. Almost, because yep. these guys aren't landowners. You know what I mean? There's nothing they're really protecting. Now, it gets crazy, too, is that uh, – you good care. Um, so they come in, and uh, now the uh, 54th, because they are colored troops, as they called them back then, were yep. paid $10 a month. So oh, bullshit. $3 less. Now, this one fucked me up. They also uh, – because um, a lot of them were former slaves and didn't have a whole lot of stuff, they actually charged them for their uniforms. Get the fuck out Everybody of else got them for free. So $3 a month came out of that. So they would get paid $7 a month for the exact same duties as their union counterparts. So underpaid and under-respected, the soon-to-be glory division marched into the assault on Fort Wagner under the leadership of Robert Gould Shaw. So big badass fort down in uh, South Carolina. Stronghold 
because Charleston's the biggest port at the time. Yep. So a Union blockade effectively comes in from the start of the war in Fort Sumter. So you're able to blockade them out there, but the Confederacy is not going to give that shit up. That's their main port, right? Because then mm-hmm. the, the Atlanta's decent too for them to be able to get stuff in and out via the railroads. But uh, Savannah plays a, a factor as well. But what I thought was interesting is they go, they march on this fucking fort. And it proves to be an absolutely bloody affair. They're actually – they know that they're marching towards uh, the thick of the fighting too because the men wanted it. Now, keep in mind too, they're also boycotting their pay at this time. So they're marching for free. Jesus. They, they would rather be paid nothing than to be paid half of what their white counterparts are getting. So it becomes a point of honor for them. Even the officers, uh, the, the white guys were not taking the money either, which I thought was cool. Really? Yeah, it was – they were very much – they're very avant-garde for the time too, man, because uh, they're, they're trying to prove that um, – you know, all these uh, ridiculous fucking uh, uh, bigoted views of uh, their troops are bullshit. These are just, just soldiers, man. We all yeah. have the same train. We all have the same equipment. We're going to figure out how to do this. We're all in the same fight. Uh, you'd think they'd be natural allies yeah. when we're all in the same fight here, but they're catching a little bit of shit, man. The attack proves a bloody affair. Shaw dies in the charge right at the very end of the movie. If you haven't seen it, sorry. Yeah. It came out in the 80s, motherfucker. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, of the 600 men... 270 were casualties during the failed charge. Uh, now, here's the thing that really is fucked up. If you got captured as a POW uh, and you were from the Union, you were captured by the Confederate Army, uh, you would wind up sometimes in the worst case scenario, you go to Andersonville, the worst POW prison camp. Like that was like terrible conditions. It was a borderline concentration campish, uh, which really almost isn't fair to the concentration camps to compare that, but it is what it is. <laughs> but you did. Yeah. Well, because it's brutal. It it's, uh, just happened. Brutal. Down. People dying of disease, a lot of people getting killed and everything. But that's the worst case scenario. Now, that's a worst case scenario if you're a white guy that gets captured. Now, if you're a black guy that gets captured by the Confederacy, uh, you mm. often died where you stood. Yep. That was You could put your guns on the ground and they were still going to shoot you. Yep. And uh, sometimes not even bury you. So it was fucked up. But yeah. they talk about that. And um, if you ever watch, uh, uh, was it Hateful Eight? Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They talk about it in Hateful Eight. And it, like Hateful Eight is like almost historically close to being accurate with some of the tales. But like, you know, it's fucking, uh, what's his name? Can't think of his guy. Samuel Jackson. Yeah, story. Samuel Jackson stories and things like that. Samuel yeah. Jackson and uh, Tarantino taking liberties. But it's just like, it's a dope. Dude, it, it's historic, and I, I like historic. It tells a good story. Yeah, and it yeah. tells a good story. Also, it tells a good fictional story in a almost screen accurate yeah. representation of the time. Exactly. Glory also highly accurate too. By the way, it's Very. all the praise for that. Now the unit distinguishes itself with honor during this, uh, uh, you know, invasion, if you will. It's a failed uh, effort. It does not go well. They wind up having a retreat here. But uh, they absolutely earned the respect of their peers, and now the 54th was give them hell 54th kind of a thing, right? So um, they get uh, – they're now called the Honor Regiment, if you will. They're an honor brigade, if you will. And the, this also quells all questions about their ability to fight because these guys – it almost worked. They were – it was designed to fail, and it still almost worked. That's how well-trained the 54th was. Damn. So these guys were badasses. During the failed charge, this, this – I actually like – I'm a little bit of a uh, – um, I get a little too patriotic sometimes. All right, so the hair's going to stand up on my what arm here. This one, really? Uh, during He's the crying. yeah, we're about to cry. Um, <laughs> during the failed charge, the standard bearer, aka the color guard, the guy holding yeah. the flag, the United States flag, uh, was killed, uh, shot down by uh, one of the Confederates. The American flag nearly hits the ground, which is a major insult to this day, but a massive insult back then. Now imagine you're trying to tell the Union Army, like, okay, the colored troops can do everything you can do, possibly better. 
Yeah. And they're sitting there like, oh, no, you guys, you're just going in there to get shot up. Now imagine if the colors hit the ground. Anybody who ever had anything to say against the 54s, you guys let the colors hit the ground. You're a disgrace. Yep. Get this, the colors never touch the ground. All right. They get grabbed up by William Harvey Carney, all right, who is a, uh, a sergeant within them. So he's a non-commissioned officer. So he's very highly respected by his own men. Grabs the flag, bravely marches forward, even though he's already been wounded. This guy's got blood pumping out of him, and he grabs the flag and starts, like, charging forward still. Now, finally, the charge goes so poorly that the Union troops are forced to retreat. A wounded Carney crawls back to the Union lines and turns the flag over to an able body, saying, boys, I only did my duty. That old flag never touched the ground. So I'm not going to let this shit. You're not going to put this uh, this mark on my record, man. I yeah. fucking did everything I could. This flag never God touched the ground. right, man. Hands it off to the other guys. And the people are blown away because he's got multiple wounds. All right? So he's now given the award. He, uh, he earns the Medal of Honor in 1900. All right? That's nearly 37 years after the battle. Now, it did take a long time, too, for a lot of this shit to happen. Yeah. But uh, in the time after the war, because he was so injured in this uh, endeavor, if you will, he winds up having to work. Uh, he gets discharged, honorable discharge, and he works for 32 years as a postal driver. Could you imagine if you looked out at your, your fucking mailman? And you're just like, this guy's got multiple bullet wounds in him. And he, he fought like in the Civil War in the heat of battle. You know what Man, I mean? You look so at your postal crazy. worker a little different. That's crazy yeah. as fuck. But uh, there were lots of delays. It was very common. It wasn't, uh, there was no holdup for the race thing. Everybody just admitted this guy was a hero. There's yeah. no way around it. So in uh, 1900, he finally receives the Medal of Honor here. At the time of his award, this gets, uh, this is where the interesting second case comes in. At the time of the award, 20 other African Americans have received the Medal of Honor. But Carney's actions on the field of Fort Wagner predates all of them. This makes the case for William Harvey Carney, the American badass, right? Uh, he is the first African-American Medal of Honor recipient if you go by the date of the actions the award was given for. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So he jumped 20 other people? Uh, essentially. So it's like they, they label him as the first because he's the first guy whose actions um, warranted the award. So it gets in. Now, he has a, a high school named after him in his honor in Massachusetts. And he's buried uh, in, on his grave is the Medal of Honor insignia. They're really big on making sure. There's Medal of Honor parking. There's Purple Heart parking at all VFW, stuff like that. Oh, wow. And there's a whole cool tradition with it, man, because the, the award supersedes everything. As it everything. should be. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Now, the, uh, the union would eventually settle the pay dispute, because I didn't want to leave us with this open-ended question yeah. here. But the, uh, the union eventually settles the pay dispute for the 54th, uh, who had been refusing their pay out of honor. The new guy who came in uh, to be their commander was this uh, very interesting guy here. Uh, his name was, uh, I want to say, where did I write it down? During the Battle of Olusti in Florida, the 54th under its new commander was ordered in action to protect uh, a Union retreat. They responded with, uh, when they were moving forward, Massachusetts and $7 a month. Just like, hey, we're going to go do this, but you guys are still underpaying us. You know, We're doing it in protest kind of a thing. Yeah. So they wind up sitting there. They have no good reason for why they're going to underpay these guys anymore. And what they do is this guy, Colonel Hallowell, who's their new leader, is actually a Quaker. And since Quakers don't believe in slavery, uh, he didn't believe that his men were ever slaves. Because that was the thing. Oh, we can't, we can't pay the slaves as much as we're paying the regular, you know, the regular troops and everything. So what he did is he goes – he handcrafted this thing known as the Quaker Oath. It was a very carefully written oath because he was a, a legal type of sorts. So Colonel Hallowell writes this thing for him. And the men of the 54th all swear to this Quaker oath saying that they were never slaves because uh, the Quakers don't believe in it. So in the Quakers' eyes, you're not Fair slaves. Enough. Nice so get this. Yeah, the little loophole here. Now they're entitled to full equal pay and all of their back pay for time served. Holy crap. Yeah, that's, a nice, that's not a bad check to get at the end of the yeah. month. Yeah, that's a tax refund if I ever saw one. Uh, <laughs> yep. So now this leads us – that's the story of William Harvey Carney. Fascinating story. 
This leads us to our mystery man, Robert Blake. Robert Blake on paper is the first African-American to receive the Medal of Honor. You ready? This fucking, you guys are going to think I'm making this shit up. Yeah. Birth date unknown. Death date unknown. After war actions unknown. We don't know shit about this guy. Yeah. Right? Born into slavery in the Commonwealth of Virginia, much mm-hmm. like William Harvey Carney, Robert Blake was taken as contraband after his master's plantation mm-hmm. was burned by the I Union Navy. Story. I fucking love this story. Dude, it gets, it's, it's just nuts, fast. Yep. Um, Blake answers the call because when the Union Navy takes him in, they're like, okay, we don't recognize slavery, so you're not a slave to us, but we don't know what else to do with you. So they took him to like this uh, uh, very pro, uh, it was a pro-African American island, if you will. So they're sitting there. Yep. You just kind of have your own community or whatever. They don't know what to do with you. Uh, you're not a prisoner, but you can't leave. Damn, what's the name of that island? I know it's uh, off the coast of... Uh, I should have written it down. Yeah. Winya Bay. Winya Bay is one of them. And then there was a... But there was a lot of free black populations on yes. the island. So that they were able to have their own culture and everything. Yep. It was really cool. Um, it was insane. North Island. Yeah, just picture an island full of Rihanna's. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, let's yeah. talk about that. It's called, it's called, it's called Barbados. Um. <laughs> it's a pretty fascinating place, man. That is, uh, that's one of the uh, the Navy guys would always say that uh, Seychelles was the place you always wanted to go. Oh, dude, you got to, like, I if anyone hears this podcast and, like, stop going to Jamaica, I know the, the lore of weed <laughs> is dope to you and fun and daggering seems fun. Barbados. There's so many intricate, beautiful islands in the Caribbean that no one checks out. Barbados? Barbados and Trinidad. If you have to go... looking for a place to go this year. Good-ass food, too. Yes. Barbados. Yes. yes. I'm writing that down. Barbados, uh, Trinidad, and... uh, uh, What's another island that people don't go to that needs... Give them 30 years, but try Haiti in uh, 2050. Haiti's Haiti's definitely going to take a turn, and DR's going to be very upset. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't think of that. I didn't even think of it. A lot of Haitian guys in the Navy, actually, too, which is oh, it's always fun to see. Um, yeah, you'll, you'll sit there and you'll see uh, a guy from Haiti and then hear them speaking uh, French. Yep. Kind of puts you in the it's Speaking a trip for Creole. A yeah. Yep. You're like, what? What are you doing? You're like, yeah, no, no. It is interesting that way, man. But, uh, oh, yeah. Now, our boy Robert Blake is on one of these islands, and he answers the call for 20 men to serve aboard the USS Vermont. Yep. Serving with honor on board, uh, Blake is transferred by Christmas 1863 to the gunboat, the USS Marblehead. Gunboats were just smaller because you go up the rivers. So yep. he had a cool thing going on over there. So he's on the USS Marblehead. He is serving as the steward to uh, Lieutenant Commander Meade, who is the first lieutenant. When you're the first lieutenant on a boat, you're uh, the guy who's in charge of the combat response, pretty much. On the decks, if you will. So the commander, the actual CO of the boat, is going to be on the, you know, the, behind the mast, if you will. But the first lieutenant is going to be a guy who is sitting like, okay, this cannon here to fire back on them. You men are going to be a part of the boarding mm-hmm. party, all that. So it's all done by the first lieutenant. Really great position to have. It's almost like Jon Snow um, when he has to go and he's the, uh, the on the night watch. He's the night watch commander's right yep. hand rather than being a ranger. Like He's like, no, because we're going to teach you some shit because you're fucking smart. So Blake's a pretty smart guy here, man. Uh, he's on board USS Marblehead and he's serving as the steward to the first lieutenant, like we said. Now, during the middle of a night uh, on the Stono River, a Confederate howitzer opens fire on the gunboat. Could possibly sink the gunboat right there in the river. And if you get sink in a river, A, these people are going to drown. You're going to lose a boat. And if you get captured now, you have nowhere else to go. Right, you have to swim to shore and you're swimming right into captivity. Yep. Not a good look, especially if you're Robert Blake, who was a slave about maybe two, three years earlier. Okay. That's not going to be a happy ending for him. What winds up happening is uh, he sees this, and as he's running around uh, with Meade, Meade, the first lieutenant, he's literally fighting this battle in his pajamas at first. And they're starting to fight. 
So uh, it, our boy Robert Blake comes up behind him with his uniform. He goes, "Dude, get your uniform on! You fucking you look ridiculous right now. <laughs> you look like the uh, you look like you're on the Don't Wake Daddy board game. Yeah, and uh, you can't be firing cannons looking like that shit. So." Uh, he gets me his uniform, and then as he's running around, uh, he realizes that uh, he, he gets knocked on his ass by a howitzer blast. So a howitzer blast now hits the boat, kills the powder boy on board. The powder boy's job is to run between all the guns and make sure that they have ammunition to actually fire the guns with. Robert Blake sees the powder boy gets killed. He himself is wounded in the action. He gets dropped on his ass. Uh, takes his tattered shirt off because it's all cut up now and everything, and just starts running the powder boy's materials back and forth to the other cannons. So because of that... They're able to uh, return fire, and because uh, they actually got the Confederates out of their position, they had to abandon the howitzer. So you now took a howitzer, this big fucking can. Imagine having like a, like a, a you know, it's like a missile at that time. Yeah. Right. So imagine being able to take missiles away from the enemy because yeah. right? they abandoned the guns. So you're able to take that out commission, and you preserve your own um, boat, so you're able to still float on and get back with the war. And uh, they were so blown away by him. Uh, his first lieutenant, uh, Mr. Meade, looks at him and he just goes, dude, what are you doing? Because he didn't have to be in a combat role. When you're the steward, you're able to just go below deck and hope everything works out okay. So he had no – like there's nothing forcing him to do this. His exact quote I thought was so fucking cool. Uh, I try, I went to hide down by the rocks, sir, but the rocks say there ain't no place to hide, so I'm here, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you know you're getting a kick-ass story on this one, man. Because uh, they questioned They said, why did you choose to you know, aid us in the fight here? And he's like, one team, one fight, man. I'm all about this. Yep. They bl- it blew their minds, and this guy was uh, – he's literally the entire reason the, uh, the boat didn't get sunk and we took over that uh, Confederate howitzer. Uh, it, they, it's pretty much a strategic victory for the gunboat. He's awarded the Medal of Honor four months later. All right, that's a quick turnaround time for him so you know that his officer wrote good paperwork, uh, especially since William Harvey Carney had to wait 37 years to get his. Yeah. But four months later, he is now the uh, first African-American to receive the Medal of Honor, even though William Harvey Carney's actions took place beforehand. He's promoted to full seaman, uh, which was a big honor for the time, reenlists in the Navy, and was never heard from again. Disappears out of history. We have no further knowledge on him. No idea where he's buried, no theories. No idea when he died, no idea where he wound up. He could have been lost at sea. He could have been captured by the Confederates at a later date. But if he was still in the Navy, wouldn't they have kind of a record of where he was? He disappeared. They have no idea what happened to him. Somebody killed him. Wow. (laughs) He's immorally still alive. (laughs) He's probably somewhere just like chilling out. Got a podcast somewhere. Hey, it's Robert Blake in the Times. How's it going? Well, I want to ask each one of you guys here real quick, too, uh, because now I've told the both stories. So technically, on paper, uh, Robert Blake, because of what he did on that ship, uh, was the first man to be awarded the Medal of Honor. But the first actions awarded would be to William Harvey Carney. So if you guys had to pick, I'll start with my sister over here, Kara. Um, Kara, who would you pick if you had to decide, if if it was like a trivia night question, and somebody said, well, uh, it was William Harvey Carney, or was it Robert Blake? Who are you going to pick? I would say Robert Blake because he was given the award first. But like you just said, you put it in good terms. He was he received it first, but the actions of the other guy, you you just said. So it. it's a possession is nine tenths of the law kind of a thing. Yeah. So if you have it in hand, it's yours. Okay. Yeah, I would go with Robert Blake though. Not bad. That's almost like that Obama thing too. Earlier we were saying yep. with uh, Warren G. Harding. Is that if Warren G. Harding was part black, he would knock on the door, and Obama finds out after the fact he's the second black president. Yep. it's almost like Robert Blake if he had Doesn't lived. Doesn't count though because you didn't get voted in as a black president. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> interesting, interesting, yeah, tricky, so, tricky. That being said, hot Joey Fernandez. Who I you agree with your sister. Yeah, you guys are both going Robert Blake here. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm interested. I'll give you my final point uh, here at the end here. But uh, Gordon Baker Bone, what do you got, brother? I would say it's a tie. 
That's all right. You're so amicable. I'm going right down the middle because... You're good with just saying both. Dude, because, like, I don't want to take away from one from the other because, like, they've done so much... uh, They've done so much for this country that people don't even know about. And I just honestly feel like... I I get that his actions were... uh, His actions were earlier. And, you know... He was recognized later also, but I would honestly give it right down the middle because it's like. I mean, I want postage stamps for these guys. I want they something They need cool. something. Yeah. They need more. And that's 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 my thing. Like, these stories need to be told and like, ugh. It's just too much effort Like, for we're teachers. not mad that we're on American <laughs> Loser talking about these dudes right now. Yeah, well, come no. on. Not for nothing. While, while you're here, buddy, what are you, uh, what's your take on I this I think, one? honestly, I think Carney, because I think only for the reason of just that it happened first, if we're just going okay. basic reasons. I can see that. And I know that's really stupid to say, but I, f- if it happened first, you, I feel like it's just kind of, if you're going off of the topic of like, well, who's the first? Yeah. Well, then, this dude. All him, right. He actually did it you. first. Yeah. I'm going to say uh, for for my piece here. I'm going to say that it's William Harvey Carney is the uh, the first uh, uh, African American recipient of the Medal of Honor. I'm going to okay. give that to him. But the show's called American Loser, so we like to focus on people that don't get their the you know when we say loser we just too, do. it doesn't necessarily mean somebody's actually a loser. It means that somebody yeah. did, like got uh, bypassed or somebody did them dirty, something like that. So if you're Robert Blake and uh, you're a slave, and then about four months later you're receiving the Medal of Honor. The highest award a country can give somebody. Hey, bro. And then you disappear into the night never to be seen again. That's wild. That's borderline tall tale rather than – I mean he's like – it's like a Pecos Bill kind of a thing here, man. It's pretty cool. Uh, you know, John Henry Iron story almost. Goddamn but right. uh, yeah, it's uh, – he's too fascinating, man. I'm going to call him the uh, the American loser for this episode. Okay. Uh, I'm very happy to have – because we're going to wrap in a second. I want you guys to do plugs for anything you guys have coming up, man. Cool. But uh, I got to say thank you to Mike and Ming for having us here to Shared Universe. Uh, thank you to the Kahuna behind the ones and twos. Kahuna, you want to plug your other show? Uh, you can find me on the Frame by Frame podcast. We're on SoundCloud, uh, about to be on YouTube. Excellent. On my channel, RK Productions. Uh, thanks for having me, as always. Nah, buddy, you know you're the best on that one here. And, uh, Kerry, what aisle of the Home Depot can they find you in this week? <laughs> uh, every aisle of the Home Depot. <laughs> I have nothing else to plug. Go to Old Bridge, ask for Kerry and paint, you'll find her. Oh, <laughs> you, you Old Bridgian? Mm-hmm. All right. She sure is, man. Uh, Hot Joey Fernandez. You got anything for us you want to plug coming up? This is coming out on the 28th, this Thursday. Well, just go to my website, joefernandez.net, but I want to push my YouTube page, youtube.com slash joefernandez. Absolutely. Yeah, tell people to check that out. Because that's where you can watch the live podcast, and I'm putting up a lot more videos. So Not bad. Subscribe to that. All right, man. And Gordon, what do you got coming up, brother? Hey, um, I will be at the Greek in the Cave uh, on March... uh, all through March, all the first week of March, from March 4th to March 9th, I'll be at the Creek in the Cave, and I'll just be around. If you want to follow me on any social media, at uh, Baker Bone on Instagram and Twitter, uh, YouTube, if you want to do that, Gordon Baker Bone, and uh, yo, just keep checking out hashtag Drunk History. I have a podcast also called uh, Bad Advice Show. It's the <laughs> it's the hashtag bad advice show. You guys can see any and everything and find where to follow and listen. No, excellent, man. And please do me a favor, guys. Uh, support Kahuna's podcast if you can. Um, and then also uh, Joe and uh, Gordon, two of my favorite comics to work with, man. Very, very funny guys. Extremely original guys. Please I check them out. Support that, them. 
And also, don't shop at Lowe's, all right? My sister has a job, all right? <laughs> we're, we're a Home Depot family. Home Depot. House, right? Also, didn't you just launch an Instagram page? We did, sir. Uh, my plugs are uh, very simple. If you like the show, do me a favor. Leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us out. Meanest review I've heard so far. Brad Frizzell gave us this review. He seems like a good guy. Uh, I think he's just messing you with me. You know his name. Because uh, <laughs> well, I, I had to check this out. Cause he gave he us a five-star rating. Yeah. He gave us a five-star. And he's a nice guy, I'm sure, man. Uh, he's a comic, too, I think. So that's why it was a funny thing. You okay. He just wrote, uh, he gave us a five-star review, and it says, proceed with caution. And it says, uh, K.P. Burke is the Fran Drescher of comedians. Oof. All right. And he goes, uh, he's probably being overpaid in the clubs, but is underpaid for his very good podcast. So, <laughs> that's that's one way to insult me on that one, man. Oh, but uh, man. yeah, we did get our first two-star rating. I don't know where it came from. Probably somebody I didn't call back. Um, yeah. But uh, Stop dating these weirdos, bro. It was that's me. my fault, yeah. It was me. Uh, it was you? Yeah. Was you just want more stage time as well. Uh, so do us a favor. If you like the show, leave us a review. Give us a nice thing on there. It really helps us out. Uh, we have a new Instagram account for the American Loser podcast. We're going to be putting up uh, photos for stuff we talked about in this episode, a picture of everybody who was on the show at the end. Uh, it's really good. It's our good way to try to keep in touch with you guys and interact a little bit more. Can the profile picture be a winged hussar? Uh, <laughs> we, it's already up there. I already put the winged hussar up there from the Casimir Pulaski episode. But uh, as always, guys, uh, we uh, I lose money every episode on this one. But uh, I don't mind losing money because this is a passion project. So do me a favor. Leave me that rating. I'm not asking for your money yet. Just hook me up on that one. But guys, I want to say thank you again to all my guests. I want to say thank you to Mike and Ming and a shared universe. Uh, this has been American Loser, Robert Blake and William Harvey Carney. American Losers. Thank you. Yeah. American loser the day I was born An American loser the day I was born An American loser the day I was born